We are talking goalies today on the Locked On Boston Bruins podcast. I'm going to be joined shortly by Mike Amato of Sportsnet to talk about Jeremy Swayman, Linus Allmark, and how they stack up against the Atlantic Division goaltending tandems. So let's get into it, shall we? Your Locked On Bruins, your daily podcast on the Boston Bruins. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What is up, Bruins fans, and welcome back to the Locked On Boston Bruins podcast. I'm your host, Ian McLaren, and this is a daily show where we discuss all things spoke to be as well as take a look around the NHL. Very excited today to talk goaltending with Mike Amato, uh, a guy that I used to work with at The Score uh, and who has gone on to write for Dauber Hockey, Sportsnet. Uh, I was able to actually go last night to the Live 32 Thoughts podcast uh, in Kitchener, and uh, I'll talk about that near the end of the podcast. Quick reminder that... uh, can subscribe on your favorite podcast app as well as on YouTube. Uh, so please do so today if you have not already. And you can find the podcast on social media at Locked NHL Bruins. You can find me, my dad jokes, hockey tweets at Ian C. McLaren. So let us bring uh, Mike on here. How's it going, Mike? Doing well, Ian. How about yourself? I'm doing well. Uh, yeah, as I was saying, you and I worked together back uh, back at the score several years ago, and uh, yeah, always good to, to to chat, catch up, and uh, excited to uh, see that you've moved on to to Sportsnet for your fantasy hockey writing uh, this season. That's uh, that's really awesome, and congratulations for that. Yeah, thanks so much. I'm uh, I'm looking forward to it. Now, Mike is a guy that I have uh, bothered many times via DM for uh, fantasy hockey advice, and uh, he's very knowledgeable when it comes to uh, picking out uh, keepers, goalies, and I wanted to bring him on to to uh, talk about, first of all, the Boston Bruins goaltending tandem of uh, Jeremy Swayman and Linus Allmark, uh, one that was pretty effective last season. Uh, there was that brief interruption with with Tuka Rask's attempted comeback and Jeremy Swayman sent down to the AHL. Uh, but first, uh, yeah, just a, a quick take on uh, what you saw from, from this tandem uh, last season and uh, if there's potential for them to be even better uh, here in uh, the upcoming season. Yeah, so I think they're, they're two goalies with a lot of promise, um, especially Swayman, you know, being a bit of a younger guy. Um, I think there's a lot of talent there. I think just with the Bruins, um, they're probably one of the more, like, fascinating teams to me heading into the season just because there's so much, I think, change with them, you know, between the mm-hmm. coaching and, and the injuries that they're, they're going to deal with for the start of the year. Um, yeah. And the thing that kind of intrigues me about Swayman and Allmark is how is the – the sort of loss of uh, Bruce Cassidy going to impact them? Because I, I know, like, everyone like to talk about, you know, Barry Trotz being the most goalie-friendly coach, but I always thought it was Bruce Cassidy. I, I think mm-hmm. in the five years he was there, I think the Bruins ranked, like, first, 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 second, and fourth in goals against. And uh, they were really structured, um, defensively really strong in that regard. And I think that 
you know, really helps a young goalie, like someone like Jeremy Swayman, who's trying to mm-hmm. find his footing, maybe not the most experienced. Um, I think he really benefits from something like that. I'll mark as well. And yeah, so I'm sure Jim Montgomery's going to have, you know, his own systems he's going to implement, but I don't know if they're going to be as strong as Cassidy's. And I think if you add in, okay, you got no Charlie McAvoy, you got no Mac Rizling for yeah. the first little bit. Um, <laughs> Marshawn's going to miss some time too. So yeah. maybe the puck's, the puck's going to be in your end a little bit more. Um, Again, I'm not saying it's it's going to be a disaster, but I just wonder how um, those type of things are going to impact uh, Swayman and Allmark. Because I think as we we're starting to learn a, a lot of goaltending uh, now in the NHL is is really just a product of of the team in front of you and how that's structured. Yeah. Say, say like a handful of elite guys like the Shosturkins, the Vasilevskis, the Saroses, etc. I think there's a lot of goalies that are are just you know really comfortable and are able to play in a certain system. So I'm really intrigued to see. Um, how some of these changes impact, you know, Swayman and Ulmer. Mm-hmm. And at the same time, you mentioned Bruce Cassidy. Vegas's goalie situation is a topic yep. for a different podcast, but their, yeah, goalie situation is is quite fascinating at the moment as well. I, I, in one league, I picked up Aiden Hill, hope, hoping that he sneaks yep. into the, the mix somehow. But, uh, yeah, if uh, Bruce Cassidy can get top-level goaltending out of those guys – with Robin Leonard on the shelf, then it will really be a, a testament to how good of a coach uh, that he is. Um, yeah. yeah. Did you want to talk about that at all? The the Vegas goalie situation. How do you see that? Sure. Point out? Yeah, I think uh, I think a lot of people are looking at Hill and uh, Logan Thompson right. as like trend, trendy picks in fantasy. That's for sure. Uh, two yeah. goalies you can maybe uh, get a little bit later in your drafts, and you know two guys that have a lot of upside, especially in Vegas, you know, rebounds, right? Like, I think that's the big question. Like, right. is Vegas closer to the team they were last year or did they just have a bunch of injuries and they're more likely, you know, a, a sort of maybe like top five, top 10 team in the league. If they are, yeah. then you're probably going to get a ton of value out of Hill and Thompson, right? Right, right. In one league, I had uh, Robin Leonard and Carey Price uh, as keepers. Oh. And, uh, so that yeah. it's a bit of scrambling there. Um, in terms of the Bruins, do you see uh, a pretty even split again between Swayman and Allmark, or do you uh, think it's possible that one or the other could get maybe uh, you know sixty sixty st- no maybe not sixty starts but sixty percent of the starts anyways, or do you think it'll be an even fifty fifty again? I think it will probably be closer to fifty fifty. Um, I think someone. Could, could always sort of step up and steal the job a little bit more, especially mm-hmm. if there's an injury there and they get on a little bit of a run. But um, I think probably with those two, I think they're they're pretty comparable um, in the way they played last year. Um, right. and, and I think there's a good chance it's it's closer to 50-50 just because, again, like uh, Swayman's pretty inexperienced. So I don't know how, right. if you want to give him like, you know, 60, 60 plus percent of the starts at this point, um, mm-hmm. depending on the workload he can handle. And yeah, and, and like I think the Bruins are – you know, they're going to be a pretty strong team. I just don't think they need to to ride one guy necessarily as much. Right. That makes sense. All right, we're going to talk about the Atlantic Division uh, goaltending situation here in a moment. But first, a quick word about betonline.net, your number one source for football betting info this season. You can find all the latest developments, matchups, news, podcasts, and in-depth articles and analysis on every game you can find. BetOnline is your continued source for all sports wagering information. The fastest and easiest way to check in on all your favorite games and events, including Major League Baseball, 
MMA, boxing, golf, NHL, NBA right around the corner. Head to betonline.net or use your mobile device to learn more at BetOnline, where the game starts. Uh, so, Mike, I think it's fair to say that um, the best goalie tandem in the Atlantic is Andre Vasilevsky plus whoever the backup whoever, is. Yeah. It'll be Brian Elliott, I guess, but uh, that's probably the, the uh, for sure best goalie in the Atlantic division without question, right? Yeah, I think so. Like Vasilevsky and anyone pretty much is, is the best tandem. Yeah. Um, I was talking about this the other day. I, I think like Vasilevsky may just play slightly less this year, just, just because mm. I think, you know, the, I think the lightning have proved like they don't really need to finish, you know, first overall, get the president's trophy. As long as they get in the playoffs, they'll be fine. Um, and I think Vasilevsky, when you include the playoffs over the last three years, played, played more than anyone in goal. Right. So it would right. probably make sense to give him like, 55 starts instead of 65, I think they'll mm-hmm. still be fine. And then he'll be fresh for the playoffs. Yeah. I mean, yeah, we saw last year they have no problem winning a game seven on the road. Yeah. Um, I think from there it gets a bit more interesting in the Atlantic. Uh, obviously, we can talk about the Maple Leafs and their goaltending situation going from Jack Campbell and some backups to now Ilya Samsonov, Matt Murray. How confident are you in uh, in that either of those guys uh, backstop in the the Maple Leafs this season? Yeah, I, I think it, their goaltending is probably the most uncertain it's been in, in a long time in Toronto. And you know, Murray ha- has you know a, a good pedigree, but he's really had trouble staying healthy the last few years. Been really inconsistent. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Samson I've shown some flashes in Washington, but he's been really inconsistent. I think the thing about Toronto, like. It's weird. I don't. I don't want to say like they don't need goaltending, but like last year, I think they finished fourth overall in the NHL. You know, set a franchise record of points, and, and I believe they were like twenty third in, in save percentage. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. it didn't really, you know, impact them too much. So I don't think it's going to matter too much in the regular season. I think mm-hmm. where where it's going to potentially impact them will be the playoffs, right? Like right. the Leafs need a goalie that in a, in a game seven or in a game six is going to give them that extra save. Um, you know, is that guy Matt Murray? Is that guy Samsonov? I'm not sure. I think I think Samsonov might end up being the better value just because, you know, Murray's shown he, he's struggled to stay healthy. So if he's right. out, I think Samsonov might play more by default. Um, but yeah, it's interesting. The whole the whole division has a lot of a lot of tandems like that. You know, outside yeah. of I would say Tampa, a lot of a lot of teams where both guys could start. So Yeah. Yeah, Matt Murray I mean, we've seen he has the potential to do that in the past. His career has been pretty fascinating coming in and winning a couple cups yeah, and then just kind of falling off, falling off the earth. Uh, I mean, playing with the Senators last couple of years obviously didn't help, but um, that could be a, a pretty big uh, high reward possibly for the, the Maple Leafs if he returns to form, but it could also uh, end up crashing and burning and uh, i'm sure a lot of people would uh find that pretty entertaining if that were to happen anyways uh the uh the florida panthers are pretty interesting as well they have an established guy in sergey bobrovsky who's making 10 million dollars uh a young guy in spencer knight um it's I i feel like it's similar to the bruin situation except the gap in salary is a lot wider. Um, 
Do you see kind of a similar tandem there? Bobrovsky looked pretty good at times last season, but do you think Spencer Knight will eventually ramp up and get some more starts there for the Panthers? Yeah, I think he'll play a little bit more. In, in the last sort of two months of the season last year, he, he played a little bit more, and he played a lot better. I think he, he started off a little slow, uh, Knight did last year, and then he really found his game. Um, so I think that's going to be more of a tandem this year than it has in the past. You know, the, the Panthers were used to playing Bobrovsky a ton, um, and, you know, rightfully so for what they're paying him. But, yeah, I, I think, like, obviously in a perfect world for them, if, if they could use Knight uh, a lot more and – you know, I, I heard a lot of rumors they were trying to, to trade Bobrovsky this summer. Obviously, that's mm. super complicated um, <laughs> yeah. just with his salary. So, but yeah, if you have a goalie like Knight that, you know, is on an entry level deal still um, and, and can play well for you, that's obviously a huge advantage. But yeah, I think for now, um, and, and like Bobrovsky wasn't bad last year. It's just like mm. he's, he goes through some inconsistent stretches at times. So Great. yeah, I think you'll see that more this year, more of a split between those two. Now, I'm personally uh, pretty invested in the Ottawa tandem. Uh, in one fantasy league, I have both Cam Talbot and Anton Forsberg. Um, obviously, a lot of people talking about the Senators this offseason, the additions they made up front. I'm still a bit nervous about their blue line, um, and these goalies might be called upon to make some big, many saves. Uh, but do you think that tandem... Um, could work for the for the Ottawa Senators and could I think it's a bit premature to say playoff contention for them, but uh, markedly improved this season at the very least with those two guys in net. Yeah, like it's funny because uh, when they got rid of Matt Murray, it felt like Forsberg was going to be the starter, and then mm-hmm. a couple of days later they get they get Cam Talbot right. So it's it's interesting. Like Talbot's thirty five. Um, I don't know. You know, it's get it's going to get harder and harder for a 35-year-old goal, they stay healthy to play, you know, a, a ton of hockey. So I think Forsberg's going to play a lot too. Um, mm-hmm. and, and I thought Forsberg, like the second half of the season last year, I thought he was probably the the, the most consistent goalie in the whole league. Like he, he had, mm-hmm. I think, 32 of his final 40 starts. He was above 900. Like he was just producing oh, wow. quality starts um, consistently. Obviously the wins weren't, weren't coming. But yeah, like you said, I think the Sens are, are that team that, you know, everyone's picking to make a jump this year. Um, I liked a lot of the additions they made, but uh, I also agree with you. I think their defense is, is still not quite there. Um, so, yeah, I think it depends on, you know, how much of a step they take forward and how it will impact those two guys. But, yeah, I think that's another tandem um, that's going to be close to, you know, a 50-50 split. I, I could see mm-hmm. that happening again. Both guys playing a lot. And, uh, yeah, if they if they can play well, if Forsberg can play the way he did last year, if Talbot, you know, can play the way he did in Minnesota, I, th- I think they're going to at least, uh, you know, push for a playoff spot anyway. Mm-hmm. Now, looking at the bottom of the, the Atlantic, I don't think we need to talk too much about the the Sabres goaltending. Craig Anderson, you mentioned Talbot being 35. Anderson's, I'm not... 40-something. Yeah, he's already 40-something. Yeah. Eric Comrie might get a bunch of starts. I don't think that team necessarily will be taken too seriously until they get, you know, like an established franchise goalie in there. Uh, the Maple, or sorry, the Canadians will be rolling with Jake Allen and Caden Primo, I guess. Not too worried about those two. The one uh, other tandem I wanted to get your take on was uh, Billy Huso and uh, Nedeljkovic in Detroit. Um, you know, a Calder finalist a couple of years ago, a guy who 
took the starting job in St. Louis uh, last season from Jordan Bennington. Um, what do you make of that uh, of that tandem here to to wrap up this morning? Yeah, I think those. I think Huso is probably going to have some of the same challenges um, that Ndelkovic did last year, you know, going from a really strong team, um, a pretty solid defensive team to uh, a team not as strong. I think, I think Detroit is, I mean, they're, they're probably maybe half a step behind Ottawa, I would say in their mm, rebuild, yeah. I think they're, they're coming up, um, but they're not quite there yet. And I think if you look at Ned's Ned's numbers last year, they went from, he went from like a 932 save, in Carolina to a 900 last season when he got yeah. to Detroit. So I wonder if Huso's um, going to suffer the same fate, but they're, they're two good bets, right? For, for Iserman and the wings, like two good young goalies, a lot of talent. And as Detroit grows, I mean, I'm sure they're going to grow with them. And if they can find one uh, quality starter between those two, I, I think they'll be doing pretty good. So. Mm-hmm. One last question for you. Um, just looking at the Atlantic division, as a whole, I kind of see the the same top four and bottom four as last season. Uh, there could be some movement within those uh, two groups, but do you see uh, that kind of breakdown as well? Ottawa, Detroit, not quite ready to take a spot. Boston, Florida, Tampa, Toronto as the, the top four teams still in the Atlantic. I do, yeah. Um, I, I think it will be not as wide of a gap this year. I, I think, mm, yeah. you know, I, I think by the last probably six weeks of the season. I think everyone knew who the four playoff teams were going to be. I think, I think Ottawa and Detroit might push um, a little harder this year. Um, I think as long, I think, and I think for the Bruins, as long as they can survive those first two months, I think yeah. where some of their, their key guys are going to be out, I, I think they'll be fine. And I think they'll probably uh, nail down one of the four spots as well. Yeah. Perfect. Well, uh, Mike, thanks so much for, for taking some time to chat this morning. Where can people find your uh fantasy hockey writing and where can people find you on uh on social media yeah so uh, you can follow me on twitter um at amato underscore mike and yeah starting next week you can find me on sportsend.ca and uh goaliepost.com very cool well thanks uh thanks again have a great rest of the day and i'm sure i'll I'll reach out at some point during the season to uh to check in and catch up and, and have you back on the podcast sounds great Ian. thanks for having me all right take care man All right, huge thank you to uh, Mike for for coming on the podcast, breaking down the goaltending situation around the Atlantic Division. The Bruins are in action tonight in uh, pre preseason taking the at home, and you can check locked in NHL Bruins uh, later on today for the roster announcement and uh, potential live. And um, again, a lot of encouraging stuff going on in camp. Boral talked about yesterday. Um, Nick Foligno ready for a fresh start. Had a reset. Had a really good summer. And a build, of course, off last year's two-goal season. Um, Jim Montgomery looking to get... Uh, more out of the player as well. Um, I mentioned off the top that I attended the 32 Thoughts live uh, show last night in Kitchener, Ontario, obviously hosted by Jeff Merrick and Elliot Friedman. Uh, it was good to to meet those two and to, to chat for a little bit. Uh, they had um, Mike McKenzie, 
there. He's the general manager for the Kitchener Rangers of the OHL, also Bob McKenzie's son, or one of them. Uh, they had Scott Walker there. He, of course, is a former NHL player, scored the Game 7 goal in 2009 against the Boston Bruins, which they briefly discussed. Uh, he also coaches the OHL's Guelph Storm, Matthew Poitra. And um, as much as it's hard to be a fan of the guy who scored that goal in 2009, he's very likable and told uh, some pretty great stories, um, one of which was about a clip that you can find on YouTube, him chasing uh, Sean Avery, trying to get him uh, to fight, which was a, a pretty hilarious story. Steve Dangle was also there talking about his woes when it comes to following the Toronto Mace. Uh There was a Q&A, and I was able to ask Elliot Friedman about the David Posternock uh, situation, and he gave a pretty encouraging uh, response. He said he's confident something will get done, and he doesn't get the sense there's any acrimony that would prevent a deal. There were reports in the summer that perhaps David Posternock was reluctant to sign with the Bruins based on uncertainty looking ahead to the future, who's going to be playing center, he wants a chance to win, etc. But he took some time this summer to reset, get uh, centered physically, mentally, and as Elliot Freeman said on the 32 Thoughts podcast on Monday, uh, Pasternak is comfortable going into the season and continuing talks uh, there. I, I don't believe it's a situation where once the season starts, there will be no talk about it. Um, so hopefully something gets done. He added Charlie McAvoy, set the standard for a new kind of deal in Boston. Pasternak's number will likely be in the $10 million ballpark. Uh, so we can expect him to be the highest paid player in Bruins history. And, uh, you know, earning double digit millions for an original six team. Nothing uh, to sneeze at. I believe that is it for today's podcast. It, it was a very fun event last night. Again, uh, Jeff Merrick, Elliot Friedman, uh, just uh, class acts. They, the event was supposed to be from seven to eight thirty. Uh, it didn't end till after nine thirty, and they were committed to sticking around until the very last person was there who wanted a picture to chat. So that was uh, that was very cool of them to do that. It was hilarious because uh, the venue uh, is a bowling alley, bar, pizza restaurant, and then the big room upstairs. I went down to get a drink, the bar right beside the bowling alley, and they were uh, having a game of, of bowling before before the event, which was uh, which was pretty fun to see. Anyways, thank you so much again to Mike for the goalie insight. Do follow him on Twitter and check out his fantasy stuff. He's a gold mine of information. And uh, we'll be back on the podcast tomorrow. Uh, I believe tomorrow I'm chatting with the Locked On Senators guys. So we'll uh, get some more insight on Ottawa and uh, maybe talk about uh, tonight's preseason results as well. So have a great Tuesday, everybody. 
We'll talk to you again here tomorrow on the Locked On Bruins podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your favorite team every single day.